In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with an absolute legend. He has two Super Bowl rings. Can you guess who it is? I'm here with Ernest Biner. Ernest, how are you? I'm good, Paul. How, how are you today? Mate, let me just see them rings, please. There you go. There you go. Wow. You're the, you're the, you're the first guest on my show with any rings, let alone two. So thank you very much for your time. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, whereabouts in the world are you at the moment? I'm uh, right outside of Nashville, uh, Franklin, Tennessee. You know, I worked for the Titans for two years, uh, and we bought a house here. So we, uh, we, we're hanging out here. Excellent. And uh, what, what are you up to these days? Well, I do some uh, high school coaching. I just finished up with, uh, with a school called Out of Door Academy uh, down in Lakewood Ranch, Florida. I uh, did some consulting down there. Um, but the things that really gives me my juice is uh, the things I do with the original dogs and the healing dogs, which is, you know, my healing dogs is my nonprofit. So I get a chance to go out and speak and um, work with some veterans. Um, I'm a, a national spokesperson for, for the veterans. Uh, Excellent. And, uh, <clears throat> so, so I go and, you know, do some events. We did a couple of golf courts, you know, golf tournaments. Uh, they had an event called the Golden Age Games that uh, that we did out in San Antonio. Um, I go and I've, I've been to Baltimore, D.C., and Cleveland uh, doing events uh, with the with the different uh, VA administrations in, in, in those cities. And I enjoy I enjoy the healing process, you know, because when I go out and speak, my 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 uh, nonprofit is called the Healing Dogs. And it's uh, healingdogs.org if, you, if anybody want to look it up, uh, make donations. We need donations. You always yeah. need donations. <laughs> um, but we, we you know, go through the, the healing process because, you know, because of what I've been through, uh, some of the concussion stuff, uh, some of the TBIs uh, that, you know, the veterans have been through, um, some of the suicide rate that some of the veterans deal with, it brings about a, a, a different type of connection. So, it's been a pleasure to, uh, and, and it's all, all been a pleasure, but it's also been healing for me to be able to go out and do some of the things that I do with the veterans and the kids uh, and, and the homeless. So it's, it's, a, it's a gift. It really is. Awesome. And that must be so rewarding uh, for yourself as well. And uh, yeah, um, if it's something that I could do more of, it'd be giving to charity and uh, giving my time. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think when I go to Cleveland next, I'm going to dedicate some time and do some work with the Cleveland uh, Food Bank, for example. But so I think good. Mm-hmm. even here in London, I should be doing more. And it's a, it's a wake-up call to everyone else that, like, yeah, we should be uh, doing more with charity. So, so tell but us. It, it, it's not just for the people that we do it for. It's for us, too. You know, yeah. it, 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 it's good for the, the, the inner man. It's good for the spirit. It's um, and it brings, I think it brings a different type of feeling, you know, you know, to the world when, 
when we can add to some healing processes of, of people that are a little bit less fortunate, you know, somebody that needs a helping hand, you know, we reach down and we give them a helping hand. But that while we're reaching down, we're also reaching, you know, reaching to someone that's uh, that's a, a a brother or a sister, you know. Yeah. Excellent. Well, good on you and uh, well done for the uh, positive energy and uh, helping mentality. Yeah, man. And um, so um, with, all, with all the uh, guests that I come on, I like to ask some, uh, some uh, funny questions. And uh, the first funny question is a Christmas theme. Uh-oh. It's Christmas dinner this year. You can okay. invite one ex-Browns player. You didn't have to play with them, but anyone ex-Browns and one current Browns player. Who, who are you going to pick? I think uh, the, the the one guy that I've had the most connection with is uh, is, is Kevin Mack. Yep. Um, we've enjoyed each other's company. We've challenged each other. We made each other better on and off the field. Uh, it was a it was a blessing to be able to play with him, uh, and also an honor. Um, but also more than anything, to become a friend. And uh, so Kevin Mack would be. Um, the one that I would probably invite over. And a close second is Reggie Langhorn. Um, but um, K-Mac would be the guy. And then from the current roster, you know who I'd like to really get to know and I really would like to get into his mind is uh, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, yeah? Yeah, you know, another runner, fellow, a fellow runner. Um, a guy, he's uh, from Georgia. I'm from, I'm from um, uh, Georgia as well. Um, and uh, I'm not not the school Georgia. I'm from <laughs> I'm from the yeah. state of Georgia. He's from yeah. the state of Georgia because <laughs> I, you know, I was, you know, we I went to East Carolina, but um, I, I met him once uh, at the Ricky dinner. Yes, we had probably about fifteen, about about fifteen of us uh, veterans, uh, former former Browns, and they brought in all the rookies and a couple of guys that were playing on the team, and I, I had a chance to, to meet him, and. Uh, and I felt a real quiet confidence, a strong confidence. Um, and I'd like to maybe you know get to know him a little bit better. So so Kevin Mack and Nick Chubb, well, two running backs. You know, I'm sorry, I'm partial. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> Let's just chuck in Eric there, and you can have a real, uh, real <laughs> face for running backs. And there we go. It's we we both like uh, cigars too. Uh, yeah, Kevin. And yeah. Eric likes cigars. I'm not saying I'm talking about Nick, no. I don't, yeah, I don't okay. know about that. But, uh, but, <laughs> and uh, 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 Eric Metcalf likes a vodka. Are you a big vodka drinker or not? I can I can drink some vodka, but I, I, I you know I like you know um, what is it, rum. I, I, I'd rather do rum because I like rum runners. Yeah. Okay. So I, do, I do a little rum with my uh, with my cigar. Okay. Excellent. And uh, if you were Dorsey for the day and you could do one thing, what would that be? I'd hire I'd hire Greg Williams, uh, Greg Williams. Yeah, full time. Yeah, I'd hire Greg Williams, uh, and and I and I'd uh, while and while hiring him, uh, I'd, I'd make sure that we stay true to to the um, to the edicts that we have, uh, to the way that we're going to do this thing. Um, I, I, you know, Greg has has done a has done a good job, I think, and I feel like it's really similar to when uh, when I was a rookie in 1984. Uh, we played the first eight games. We only won one. And they fired Sam Retigliano, and they hired Marty Schottenheimer. 
and the team, the team's energy changed very similarly to what is done this year. Yep. So I, I would, uh, I would, I would hire uh, Greg Williams um, with a, with a, you know, with a little bit of a caveat, uh, but definitely uh, uh, that would be the one thing that I would, that, that I would do if I was John Dorsey. What would be the caveat for you? The, 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 the other part that I mentioned about uh, him staying true to the edict. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, of, uh, you know, how we're going to do things, you know, the type of players uh, that we're going to have and the type of mentality that we're going to exemplify and work with um, and, uh, and, 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 and still continue to develop, grow, you know, still teach, you know, but still hold each other very, very much accountable. I think if we can come to agreement with all, um, you know, that's a few things, but it, to me, it's all about being a winner. And it's really one thing. Yeah, I think if if we go and win the next two games, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the uh, Haslam's to keep him in, in the uh, in the. You know, the fans are going to be saying we're going to fill the stadium every week. Keep yeah. Freddie Kitchen, keep Greg Williams, keep what we got now. Let's give it one more season. Yeah, you know, and I I, I do a poll. Uh, I've done a poll. I haven't done it this week, but after each win. I, I asked, would you keep, would you keep uh, Greg Williams or would you go and try to, you know, yes or no, or whom, you know, <laughs> whom gets a little bit, but it's been the, the percentages have been going up as far with each win, the percentages of the people that would keep Greg or would hire him full time has been going up. Yeah, I did, a, I did something similar, like all the uh, potential, uh, potential um, future head, uh, head coaches and, um, um, yeah, um, Aries keeps coming up, blah blah blah. And I, I did a, I did uh, Greg Williams versus Aries, and, and and everyone went with Aries. I wonder if I did it uh, after this Sunday's win, who they go with now. I'm, I'm sure it'd be uh, Greg Williams. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I wonder why, why does Aries keep coming up? I wonder. Uh, he he kind of threw his name out there, didn't he? At one point, he he said that he would like to. To be the coach of the Browns or something, and that's correct. Yeah, he's he's come out and he's he's playing to all the fans. He's saying, "We'll keep Greg Williams. We'll keep Freddie Kitchen. Just bring uh-huh. me in, please." He's like he's he's being like a needy girlfriend. You know, he should be a bit more harder and say, "Look, uh, uh, you have to come and fight for me." But he's he's throwing everything in, saying, "Right, right." Yeah, he, he said, I don't want the Packers job. I want the Browns job. And all the Browns fans are going crazy. They're like, we want yeah. this guy. We want this guy. But Greg Williams just can't do anything wrong at the moment. So, um, I mean, he, I think he's going to have to learn. He'll, he, and, I mean, the on-the-job training uh, that he, he and Dorsey are going through, you know, they know each other already. They know each other's strengths and weaknesses. They can help each other. I think Dorsey should be the one definitely in charge. Um, you know, with the, um, you know, with the um, uh, personnel and um, I think the mentality wise, I, I think, uh, you know, de- definitely Dorsey should have the, the, uh, the hammer if it, if it, if it is one hammer um, and, uh, and they, and they should ride it out, man. I mean, cause I think this is, this may be uh, the chance, a, a chance to, to really get this thing turned around. I mean, cause you know, what's your, what's your, what's your alternative? I mean, if you fire you fire the Greg, then some kind of way you got you're gonna try to are you gonna try to keep the continuity on offense with Baker and uh, and, and 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 Kitchens? Uh, 
do you and do you trash the defense totally, or do you totally, you know, break it up and get a whole new staff? I mean, what what you know what you know, what what are your other alternatives? As I mean, because you know what you got right now, and you 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 can see that they are going towards winning. They're, yeah. they're, they're edging that way, and I, I think you know that's what uh, overall that's that's what you that's what you want if you're a GM, if you're an owner, if you're a fan base, if you're a uh, and if you're coaching. Well, I can see the other side. If you're Dorsey, you get all the three. Um, all the three key people that you want, your uh, specials, your defense, your new OC and your new uh, head coach. Yeah, four, four new main people that you want. They're all bought into your methodology you'll get. But the, the chemistry's right, and I agree with you. Let's, let's, let's stay with Greg. Yeah, how do how you, how you mess up with that? But, I mean, it's, it's, it's been done, and, it, and it, it may be done again. And... And if it is, we'll be cheering for them anyway. We'll be, um, you know, looking looking for them to you know to do good things and great things, uh, win a championship, and you know, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, bring you know bring one back to the land, uh, you know, soon. Yeah, I, obviously, um, I'd love to know a little bit more about your history and uh, the real headlines. You started off at the Browns, you went to the Redskins, and back to the Browns. What happened? With the real headlines in that period. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, obviously played five years with the Brown. Went through the fumble. Uh, um, you know, live, you know, live through that. Um, live through the difficulty of that. The blame. And matter of fact, it took me probably another twenty, twenty six, twenty seven years to really get over and, uh, you know, over that uh, to really heal from it. Yeah. Um, I think you know part of you know the healing dog things has really helped me. Uh, you know, with that as well, because um, you know the healing and the love, the 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 initial love and all that kind of stuff for the individual should come from within anyway, and that's what we call agape love, and that's what we that's some of the things that we teach as far as the healing dogs are concerned. But you know, long long and short of it is, um, you know, being being able to play for five years, we you know, Cleveland was my found Cleveland is my foundation. That's where I got that. That's where my that's why I grew my teeth as far as an a NFL player. Uh, when I was traded to Washington, it was I treated treated it like I was starting over. Uh, that was the mentality that I had. I, I treated it like I was a rookie coming in, even though I had played five years. I I looked upon this as a as a as an opportunity to learn and grow because these guys there was a lot of guys that had already been to the Super Bowl, had already won, had already won one or two Super Bowls. Uh, and had played in maybe three. Uh, so it was a lot of guys there that were, um, you know, Art Monk. You know, you walk, in the, you walk in the room and I'm sitting by Art Monk. I'm sitting two or three chairs from Art Monk. And uh, it's a really good opportunity to watch, you know, watch guys and learn and work out with them and get to know them and then get, be motivated by it and all that kind of stuff. So, um after playing five years, winning the championship there, went back to Cleveland. It was interesting um, when I became a free agent. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was after my 10th year. I got a call. My phone rang, and it was Ozzie Newsom. Ozzie, Ozzie Newsom called. He, he, had, he had started to start taking over some of the um, uh, personnel part of it. And he asked me, would I come back to Cleveland? I was like, Yeah. I mean, I ain't even a thought whether I'd come back to Cleveland. I don't know if he maybe considered that 
I may not want to because of what I went through with the fumble and, yeah. you know, the blame and all that kind of stuff that I lived through. I, I don't know. But, I mean, I said, yeah, I, I come back. I looked, I looked upon it as, um, as, a, as a great opportunity. So came back to Cleveland. I couldn't get number 44. <laughs> it wouldn't give me – well, Tommy Bardell had it at that point. So uh, I, he had already – anyway, <laughs> I was going to bust on him a little bit. <laughs> Tarnished it by wearing it, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, no, um, he had it, so I respected that. Eric Metcalf had twenty-one, uh, you know. So I went with number twenty. So I played with number twenty for one year, and it was, uh, it was, it was uh, again, you know, coming back to Cleveland. I think, you know, that connection uh, that was there when we was in the mid '80s, you know, and almost, you know, made it to the uh, Super Bowl that connection was still there with the fan base and that love. I think it even got enhanced because once I left, uh, you know, you know, people, you know, you always say you never know what you got until you, till you lose it. And I was gone for a while and I think they kind of saw, um, you know, what, you know, some of the things that I was able to do and I was able to help, but Eric actually filled it pretty good. Eric Metcalf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He actually stood up pretty good wearing number 21. Not in the backfield. You know, he did some things in the backfield. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, man, then coming back to Cleveland was, you know, was an honor. But then the, then the team moved, and I got a chance to play in the last game. And the night before, and I'll stop talking here after this. The night I'll carry before, on, please. Night before the last the, that game, Bill Belichick announced that I would I was going to be a starter, and I hadn't started all year. And I I after 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 he announced and we broke down and we we met as a group. I I asked every all the guys to hold hands and we prayed. Um, that next day they they gave me the ball probably eight out of the first. Uh, no, six out of the first eight plays, and I couldn't breathe. <laughs> 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 so I was so evident that we, you know, we were we were being successful, and on that, I think on the opening drive, we actually scored a touchdown. And I actually ended up work, rushing for over 120 yards that game. That was my that was my tenth year. No, that was my twelfth year in the league. I actually rushed for over 120 some yards, and they scored a touchdown. Uh, and then after that game, um, you know, right, right, like two minutes left in the game, they took me out and I got a rousing ovation. And I sat down on the bench and uh, I was I was sitting by Tony Jones. And I said, I looked, I, I sat down and I looked. I looked over at the dog pound and I said, and I looked up at the clock. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the dog pound. Yeah. And, mate, it's an amazing time to be talking to you because it's 23 years this week when that last uh, game was. And uh, there's, there's an awesome photo on uh, Twitter today of you reaching out to the dog pound and giving them a high five. Yeah, yeah. And when, yeah that, that was one of the um, more moving times for me because I got a chance to see a whole bunch of different uh, levels of emotions in people. There were people happy, you know, obviously happy that we had won the game. There was people really upset, and there were people crying um, in the stands. 
you know, because of, you know, the fact that we were, you know, the, the Browns were going to Baltimore. And, uh, you know, going through that, being a, you know, seeing that, that, that really, that really tugged at my heart. But I wanted them to know that I really appreciated them and, uh, and loved them for, for being the fans that they are. Yeah, excellent. And, um, and obviously making the move to uh, the Ravens, how, how was that like on your family and uh, making the move from Cliff, Cleveland all the way over to uh, Baltimore? Yeah, it was different. It, it, it was different. Because uh, when, we, when, we, when we made that move, they, you know, they trying to get it started again uh, because, you know, they had lost their team or the team had moved to uh, Indianapolis. And uh, kind of ironic, the Browns come, you know, the Browns come and, you know, they, they become the Ravens. And we we were going out, you know, trying to help sell tickets, uh, you know, doing events, you know, shaking people's hand, trying to get the fan base to, uh, you know, to come in. Uh, we played in the stadium. Uh, they, 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 they call it the stadium on 33rd, uh, on 33rd Street, because, um, you know, that's the place where the old coach used to play. Yep. That was, our, you know, that was our home stadium. And it was uh, somewhat eerie. But really um, uh, motivating to be able to play in a place where Johnny Unitas and uh, Lenny Moore and Mackey, you know, all of those guys, you know, Hall of Fame guys that had uh, that had played in, they had won championships there. Um, so being able to go and I mean, all of that was really eerie and strange going through the move. You know, actually working out in part of the old coach's uh, facilities. All of that was was really strange. Yeah. And, um, yeah, going from, obviously, the Browns fans to the Ravens fans, were the Browns fans, like, ten times louder or two times louder? Or, uh, could you explain it at all, the, the difference in fans? Well, the Browns, the Browns fans at that, at that point <clears throat> had more to cheer for. Um, you know, when we when – obviously, when we moved, uh, that – it was – it, it was it was a tough it, it was a tough situation. Yeah, um, of course. You know when they announced the move, it was tough. You know, obviously the fan fan base. You know, if you winning, you know they if you winning, fans are involved, they're excited. Man, it's really you know it's, it, it, you you can really get you can really get into it. You know, but the you know the the difference was that the Browns fans had been fans for I don't know how long. You know, it was like a, like a family. It was like a family um, heirloom that was heirloom. Yeah, that yeah. Was um, and then when we moved to Baltimore, it was it was new. It was brand new because they we were we were just getting there, so they were excited because we were just getting there. Browns fans obviously disappointed because we're leaving. So that you had the two different you know dichotomies. You know. Yeah, and. Um... I've I've got to ask the fumble. Do you mind if I talk about it or um? No, no, no. no, no. Um, I want to I want to take it from a positive point of view. Is that on Saturday we beat the Broncos and yeah. uh, how did that make you feel? Uh, obviously, uh, fumble Broncos and now winning against the Broncos. Yeah, how did yeah. that feel with your yeah. energy? Uh, it felt good. It felt good for the guys. I felt good for the uh, for the young guys and I feel good for Greg. John Dorsey, you know, all, you know, yeah. all the guys that they, that they brought in to, 
you know, and also I feel even better for for our Browns fans because, you know, I know how important uh, that game is, you know, how important it is to, you know, cause, you know Broncos, they, they were a nemesis, you know, to us for, you know, for, for those years. And been mm-hmm. a nemesis even afterwards, you know. So I'm, I was really happy for uh, for our Browns fans um, that they got the victory, and uh, you know it kind of you know kind of ended you know some aspects of the losing to Denver. Even though Denver still got it, they still ahead, you know, because of some of the other games that they they won. Um, but you know they they keep the they keep the fumble going. Uh, they had to show the fumble. You know, that, you know, that game as well. You know, during that game, you know, they showing the formula. I said, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know if, they, if they show it, you know, um, they only show one play out of the game. And during the drive, they show the whole <laughs> drive. But they only show one play out of the <laughs> So, uh, but what that does, though, it, it really, it really keeps alive the fact that you can, fail at something, you know, for me personally, this I'm just speaking from a personal perspective. If you can fail, you can fail at something one time and it doesn't define you totally. Or I can win this Super Bowl ring and this doesn't define me totally. The one play or the one instance, see, I scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl and I fumbled the ball in the NFC Championship game. Both are me. Both are Ernest Biner. But Neither one dictates how I am as a person. So I grew from the fumble, but I grew also from winning the Super Bowl. Both experiences I grew from. Didn't want the fumble. Wanted the Super Bowl win, but didn't want the fumble. But both I learned from, and I I really appreciate the opportunity that it gives for me to go out and also help other people that go through difficult times. But also help the you know help the you know help also the ones that that go through good times that still need to grow and develop because that's that's all that's all part of life. Yeah, I I must say like being knocked down only makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's a there's a there's a lovely uh, Michael Jordan uh, quote. I, I I can't remember what it is, but it's some. He's like had the opportunity to score so many um, winning um, shots, and he's failed so many times. But then right. he's won so much. I, I'll try and Google it now. But um, but yeah. So um, but yeah, there's not very many people out there that have got your two uh, Super Bowl rings. So uh, and let's be honest, in sports we've all had uh, a situation where something doesn't go our way, and it's just very annoying that they keep talking about the fumble, fumble, fumble. And it's that one fumble in one game, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's you know that's part of uh, a legacy, uh, and it's a long legacy in Cleveland. You know, some of the heartaches that uh, that the city and the sports, uh, the sports industry, you know, basketball, baseball, and football have have lived through, and you know, it's 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 part of it. Uh, but it's not the end all. It's not. It's not a death sentence that, uh, you know, but I looked upon it initially. I mean, I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't deal with it properly. I can tell you that. Um, I, I went many, many years. It affected my, the rest of my career. Um, 
it affected me the rest of my career and almost until probably three three or four years ago when wow. Believe Land came out, I was still affected by it. Self-con- you know, self-conscious, um, you know, going out in public, you know, I'd, I'd, hear, I'd hear people yelling at me, yelling, yelling out, fumble, you know. <clears throat> and I, you know, I, I, at one point I, was, I used to go out, when I went out, I wonder when the other shoe would <coughs> But in reality, uh, I understand how much that means to people, how much it meant to people, and how much it hurt. And, uh, and, and, and I think what a lot of people didn't understand initially is how much it bothered me. And, you know, and then what, what I was living through, you know, by, you know, living, you know, feeling their energy and carrying that fumble, you know, for, for so long, that energy was, uh, was, you know, it was almost, it was almost the death. It was almost to death, you know, as a rotting that was going on inside. I mean, when I say death, a spiritual death. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, learning how to grow through a, a, a experience that way has really taught me how to assist. And, you know, it gave me more empathy and understanding for other people, for other players. It helped me to be a better coach. It's also helped me to, to be a better mentor. And also helped me to to be uh, a better man. Well, that's Ernest, that's really powerful words. Thank you uh, for sharing that with me. Yeah. Um, the Michael Jackson, qu- um, Michael Jordan quote. Sorry, not Jackson. Was I've missed more than nine thousand shots in my career. I've almost, I've lost almost three hundred games. Twenty six times I've been trusted to game winning shot, and I missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Uh-huh. And that, that's one of my quotes that always sits in my, um, sits in my brain. You know, we try new ideas. We try things. Yeah. If you don't try, you'll never succeed. So um, let's, get, let's give it a go. And, uh, I mean, it's been absolutely a pleasure talking to you about that. And uh, look, I'm glad we've drawn a line over that. And uh, you personally are full of energy now, which is great to hear. And uh, good. I've got, I've got a crazy question for you now. Okay. 2019, what's a crazy hot take for the Browns? What's something crazy that may happen to the Browns uh, next season? Next season? Yeah. I see them winning the, the, the North. Wow. I see them winning the North, uh, having home field advantage. Let's see it. Yeah, I think I think this off season we're gonna have the totally the opposite of the media. I think everyone's gonna be so positive. Yeah. Uh, next season could be a anti climax if we I don't know get nine and uh, nine and seven or something. You know, it could be it could be like, oh my god, we haven't got to the playoffs. So yeah. I think we need to keep our feet on the ground. But um, yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm super excited about uh, next season. No question, no question. I mean, and the the type of people. And, I, and I, I'll give you a reason for this. So the type of players that, Joe, that Dorsey is bringing in, they have the, the right mentality. They have a winning mentality. They have a winning background. So I think with, with, the, with the right coach, and, you know, and I'll, I'll let you know, I think Greg can be that coach. I don't know if he will be, but he can be. Um, I think if uh, 
if they continue to grow with the, with the way that they they gotten started, I mean the you know the possibilities is a NFC North Championship, you know, or not NFC AFC. Yeah. Well, I think they need a running boat, running back uh, consultant, and you're the man. We need to get you back in Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's what they need to do, man. They need to bring me in. Come on, baby. Yeah. If you were Dorsey for the day, you should have said hi yourself. You missed it. <laughs> right, <you're> right. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. Uh, I'm. I'm actually yeah. going. I'm actually going up to the going out to the Ravens game, last game of the season. Uh, okay. Are you going up there to do any press or anything, or? You're not up there then? No, I don't have anything going right now. Okay, good. Yep. And, and uh, yeah, next year, uh, me, you, Eric, in Cleveland, we'll have to meet up for a, a drink. Um, a drink? And can we can we add a cigar? To you? you don't smoke cigars. Do you smoke cigars? I don't uh, smoke cigars. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we'll, I can sit. We'll break, we'll break you in. We'll bring you a baby one. Okay, but bring a baby one, okay? <laughs> Uh, you'll, be, you'll, you'll be laughing at me um, coughing in, in, in uh, <laughs> fluttering and uh, yeah. uh, we, we got this one place that we like to go to and uh, we sit outside and relax a little bit so yeah let's do it man let's do it excellent and do you ever come to Europe at all I haven't been there in maybe 20 years or so I, I came over we did some of the USO stuff yeah uh, we used to come over and do that you know, I don't know we, we actually played um, I can't remember I played I don't know if I, I was with the Redskins, I believe. We came over and played in uh, London, I believe. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, look. It's been a while. Um, mate, I think this is probably the most um, powerful uh, podcast I've done ever since I've started this, and I've done 130 of them. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, I feel like tomorrow I'm going to go and help and do something, and uh, I don't know. But I feel I feel like a new man. So, uh Ernest, thank you very much for your time. It's a it's a pleasure, man. I, I enjoy it. Uh, it's a you know good opportunity for me as well. And you know, tell me this now. You I, I get a chance to ask you one question. Yeah, go right? for it. Okay, so what made you a Browns fan? Two questions. Uh, and how long have you been a Browns fan? Okay, excellent. So um, uh, the story is obviously the name's Paul Brown. So I had a choice of two clubs, and that could either be the Bengals or the Browns, and I went with the. Uh, the, the Browns uh-huh. and I've been a fan for about 15 years and I would say over the last three four years it's been a lot more intense following the roster knowing all the all the all what's going on and uh, yeah the last three years have been an awesome journey um, the Browns came to London I met with Jim Brown I met oh, wow. with the Haslam's and uh, yeah hopefully next year I'm going to uh, maybe do a bit of a TV show on or a YouTube channel of uh, the adventures of or the journey of myself traveling all around the world to watching games and meeting backers. And if you're free at all, it'd be great maybe to get you on the show and uh, do a little journey together. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. I'm Let's just not sure. Fun. I'm just a bit scared about the um, cigars. Hey, that's okay. That's all right. We, we don't have to have the cigars. <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can just let me partake. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Okay, good. And I've got to ask you one last question. I always ask. But definitely oh, the drink. But definitely the drink, though. Yeah, drink's fine. Drink's fine. And uh, right. uh, one question I'm going to say right to the last is, and I may even finish on this, what body part are you willing to give up for the Browns to win a Super Bowl? Hey, man, I, I, for the fans, I, I, I give up my heart. Mate. You know, it's, it's a no-brainer. I mean, because I, I love the Browns. 
I mean, I love, I love the Browns fans, and it's been it's been a great journey for me. So I give up my heart. Mate, Ernest, that is so powerful. Thank you very much for your time. No, man. It's been a pleasure. All right, have a good one. There's change coming. There's change coming.